This is MJ. I'm an author. I'm an artist. I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at MJMunis.com. Welcome to Story Over Everything, episode 10. This is for March 17th, 2023. And my question, my topic, my thing I want to discuss is how do you name characters? For the Grow Book books right now, I am, uh, well, I was stuck. I'm in an okay place. Well, let me start over. For the Grow Book books, I have a bunch of characters to name. They are Grow Bugs, they are angelic, uh, guardian angel type insects that are magical in their nature, and they're basically being angels on a mission from God. And uh, that means uh, that because I like accuracy and I like looking into the roots of things, uh, angels have the names of, uh, or part of the name of God, the L part on most of their names, like Michael, it's not Michael, it's Michael. Gabriel. It's not Gabriel, it's Gabriel. Uh, different names like that. Uh, Raphael, another angel, it's Raphael. It, so it's, uh, I don't know what the, uh, like the, the L in Hebrew means, has something to do with power. Kings or, or lords or judges are called Elohim. Um, but the L part is in the beginning there. I don't know what the Elohim part means necessarily because I'm a lay biblical scholar. Uh, so I don't really know as much as I could, but just giving you a little bit there. Uh, El is a, a common, uh, common used word for God. Uh, I believe I would call, I guess, Arab uh, or Arabic a Semitic language, uh, and they call their God Allah, as opposed to Elohim. Elohim Allah. You can hear the similarities in there. You know, the the and the ha and the the ah at the beginning. Anyway, so. Um, they're commonly related things. So what I did was uh, I didn't necessarily want to use like a full name of God. So I uh, I went into etymology and I looked through the Bible and I found that uh, there's a weird coincidence where there's a city called Luz, which is called the house of God by uh, one of the patriarchs, Jacob. And Luz means light. And Luz or Lux, L-U-X-L-U-Z, means light in like a couple different languages. Latin, Spanish, uh, supposedly from what I've read, again, I'm a, uh, a uh, lay biblical scholar, uh, it looks as if the Hebrew even for luz means something very much like light, even though the Hebrew words for light or spark or flame or, or things like that are or and ash and uh, ner, that's like a flame or a candle. Um, so they don't sound like luz, but somehow luz also in Hebrew, according to multiple sources I looked at, uh, seems to suggest a meaning of light as well. And I thought, well, if you're coming from a theological perspective, isn't God light anyway? Doesn't God light up the darkness? And you have to understand uh, my uh, fellow writers who might be listening to this or anybody who else is, uh, you know, I'm writing what I know. I'm writing from my perspective. My characters exist in a world where there's a, uh, a godly figure, a divine figure who orchestrates and you know, executes things, if you will, uh, which is how I believe our world runs, so I'm putting that worldview of mine into my fiction. So, all of this background that I jumped immediately into, I hope it's not disoriented, I hope, it, I hope it's exciting instead, but it's all to basically get to the, the point, the, the meat, the question of this, which is, how do you name your characters? Well, I'm telling you how I name my characters, but I'm curious how y'all do it too, because uh, I'm not done yet, I still have more characters to name, and I think I'll go ahead and name them in the interim before I get any feedback, but I still think it's a, you know, it's a relevant uh, topic as a writer, uh, so I thought I would go ahead and talk about it. So, getting back to it, let me know in a little bit how you uh, name your characters, and I will 
ask the question one more time after I continue telling you how I name my character. So, I think about the context, I think about the culture, I think about the history. Based on that, the fact that these are guardian angel insects, I thought, I want them all to have something like L in their names. Um, which I wonder if Angel has anything to do with that, but I don't think it does just because it's a totally different language. And Angel in Hebrew is Malach, actually, so the word Malach becomes Angel in, in English, uh, which there's no common uh, sounds in there, really, uh, and there's no root. Uh, Malach means messenger, but it also means angel. I think it can also mean, like, minister or prince. Uh, there's different there's different contexts. Well, Hebrew is a very high context dependent language. So depending on what you're saying in what context, it can mean many different things, even though it's one word or one word can have several meanings. I'm sure there are some words that have a singular meaning, but then there are others that have multiple meanings. Anyway, moving on from there. So I definitely want that, that fragment in the name that carries the name of the divine or a name or a, a reference to the divine in my character's names. Now, uh, these are magic angel, uh, guardian angel insects, like I said, but uh, I'm also taking inspiration from tokusatsu. Tokusatsu, if you don't know, it's, Jap it's a Japanese word. It means special effects. It refers most specifically to live-action Japanese film and TV uh, products, whatever, that feature special effects. What kinds of special effects, you may ask? Supposedly, it's any kinds. What is the most typical case for the special effects that I'm talking about? Uh, men in rubber suits, uh, wrecking miniature sets, of cities or countrysides. Yes, I'm talking about Godzilla. Yes, I'm talking about Ultraman. Uh, monsters of gigantic size being fought by robots with uh, people inside of them, piloting them uh, in a combination robot at Super Sentai or Power Rangers as most people uh, know it or a common version of it. And, you know, they get into these combination robots and they combine together into a giant mecha that fights monsters, then there's things like Kamen Rider, and uh, I think I already, yeah, I already said Ultraman, and there's lots of other uh, tokusatsu sci-fi products. Those are the kinds of things I'm into. I enjoy those a lot, along with studying the Bible and, you know, other other things. So I, I've got a weird wide range of eclectic interests. Um, so I'm bringing that all to the table. Also, I believe that anime uh, has tokusatsu elements in it a lot of the time. Uh, I believe specifically Digimon is full of Ultraman and Godzilla and other tokusatsu references, even to the point where uh, in one later, in the fourth season of Digimon, the children who are in the digital world actually become Digimon. They transform into them like a Power Ranger, like a Kamen Rider would. Uh, maybe even like an Ultraman would, you could say. Or, you know, Power Ranger or Super Sentai. So, uh, you know, that's part of my context. So, you know, why is that relevant? Well, each of my first five Growbug books that I've written the drafts for and that I'm working on getting uh, finished, uh, or, you know, I'm, I'm working on refining them, doing the drafts, you know, second and third drafts, etc., and getting them all to be a, a cohesive unit, um, they're all inspired by different tokusatsu. I mentioned them all already. Godzilla, Ultraman, Super Sentai Kamen Rider, or Kamen Rider, then Super Sentai, then uh, Digimon. Uh, and I already told you why I consider that to be tokusatsu. So, <clears throat> they're all inspired by those things, so I thought, well, I'll give each of the Growbug characters in these books a name that is rooted in and based on the specific tokusatsu property that is being referenced or homaged in that particular uh, book. So in my first book, I have Godzilla, which in the Japanese it's called Gojira, uh, or Gojira, um, and I just changed the emphasis on that, that's all I did. <laughs> I'm pedantic like that sometimes. But anyway, uh, I thought, well, can I take, you know, can I, can I do, can I 
take this uh, suffix, luz, L-U-Z, and combine it with gojira somehow in order to make the angel's name. Gojira luz. No, no, no. That's not what I want. Go luz. Eh, maybe. Uh, Jiluz. Maybe. Uh, Ra luz. Possibly. Goji luz. Ra luz. Something like that. Because that's breaking down gojira into three different syllables and making a name out of it. And some of the angel names in the Bible are along. Michael, that's three syllables. Raphael is three syllables again. Gabriel. A lot of them, I think, are that way. There's, well, anyway, I don't know all the other angels, but, you know, those are some of them, and those are their names. They're all three syllables. So if I could do, you know, Goji Luz, that would fit within the, the paradigm of what I'm doing. I'm, I, I am identifying a structure that I want to mimic or emulate in this instance, specifically for naming these types of, these, you know, particular characters, and I'm breaking it down and saying, well, you know, all of them mean different things. Raphael is the angel of healing. Rafa is healing, and El means you know, of God or whatever. That, that's how it's uh, typically translated. Michael means who is like God. That is typically the angel known as the angel of the Lord, and it's supposed to be uh, like this most powerful angel who represents God. So you would say this is the angel who is like God. Not who is like God, the question, but this is the angel who is in fact like God because they speak in the space or name or, or, or um, in the presence of God instead. Uh, as like an intermediary. And then uh, Gavriel means, uh, I believe it means strength of God, or like, it's something to do with strength, because Gavur is, is strength or severity. Uh, and that's an angel of judgment. So like when Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, uh, I believe the text says that their, the angel went and destroyed it. That would have, That's identified in uh, rabbinic literature as Gavriel or Gabriel, the angel. So uh, because he is severe, he is the one who brings down punishment. Whereas, uh, before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, actually, Raphael was there because there were three angels, I believe it says specifically, that visited Abraham after his circumcision. And that was Raphael was one of them who actually helped to heal or speak along the healing of Abraham's circumcision, um, which was a, a surgery which you would need to be healed from. So anyway, uh, that's I'm taking that kind of concept of how it's broken down uh, in the actual you know naming of angels, according to like Jewish texts, and I'm putting that together with this concept. Okay, I got a tokusatsu and I've got this, you know, suffix that means basically of the divine, and I'm combining them together. So my first one, I've got two characters in the book who have names like this because they're grow bugs. There's a spider and there's a praying mantis, and one of them needs to have one name and one of them needs to have another. So I think I'm going to go with Jilus and Ralus. And those sound strange, but it's supposed to sound strange because these aren't normal characters. Um, it's not an everyday thing. It's, you know, fantastical and wonderful. And I'm hoping that those names convey that. And that's part of the rationale behind, you know, how I'm naming these characters. But I have more to say on the matter. I just need to pivot real quick and uh, think about what exactly I'm going to say. So I'll be back in a moment. So in this instance, I am using kind of cultural and etymological and like a structural template that's been set up for me that I'm I'm copying. So that works for this because it's kind of fantasy stories, you know, they're magical bugs, right? So it's kind of a fantasy story or set of stories and it's a whole fantasy world that exists. And there, this is actually, well, I, I won't say that, but so I suppose how you name your characters should be dependent upon your context. If you're writing sweet romance versus if you're writing hard science fiction versus if you're writing uh, you know, fantasy or drama or literary fiction or whatever, uh, you may 
have to change your approach. You may have to change the rules. And I, I jotted down some things which will be in the show notes, and I asked a couple questions. You know, you know, do you just pick names that you like for your characters? Do you uh, pick names that are related to the theme of the story? Do you pick names that are related to the title? If you pick something related to the title or the theme, is that just your main character, or is that everybody? Or is it one of those books with an eponymous title? Um, and then you have weird, well, I guess it's a whole different genre, but pulps, you have uh, kind of, they are and they aren't eponymous. So like the shadow books, I looked at a bunch of them. They're not all called the shadow colon such and such. It's uh, the living shadow is the first book. Uh, there's the eyes of the shadow. There's the black master. Uh, the golden master, I think is one. Um, lots of different titles. Uh, lots of different titles. And I don't know, like as far as like trade dress is concerned or whatever, they all had an image of the shadow on them or the shadow menacing somebody on them. So that's how that worked. And that's more specifically talking about like series and things like that. But those were also, you know, much older books. Those were published in the shadow magazine. Uh, I think every month there would be a new novel. So, uh, you know, 50,000 word approximately 40 to 60,000 words, I think is the length that they usually went with on those. But anyway, um, you know, you have that kind of idea or, you know, I'm a Star Wars fan, so I'll read, you know, Star Wars, colon, uh, you know, Kenobi, colon, whatever, or, you know, just Star Wars Kenobi. So you can have it, you know, it's the name of the series plus the name of a character. You can do that. So eponymous titles definitely work. Uh, I don't feel like eponymous titles work for every genre, but there's probably, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of books now. I'm trying to think of books in other genres. Uh, but, like, the only thing that's popping into my head at the moment is, like, you know, The Notebook and Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, because I know those are books. Um, you know, the Martian, what's that, by David Rear. Uh, you know, that's kind of a misleading title. The guy's not really a Martian, but he's a human who gets stuck on Mars, so therefore he is a technically a Martian, just like, you know, you and I would be Terran living on the Earth. Um, so that kind of thing. So, and, like, I don't know if, um, I don't know if most people want their titles <clears throat> to fake out their readers or if they want them to be very direct and very clear as to what they are. Again, I suppose that depends on what genre you're working in. I think because I'm working in children's books, you know, Growbug Tales or, you know, so-and-so in the Growbug, which is the, t the t titling structure for my uh, children's picture books, it makes sense. It puts an emphasis on the kid and it puts an emphasis on the fact that you are... Uh, having some fantastical element some fantastical element in it which is the grow bug but I have veered into talking about titles for books as opposed to talking about names for characters so I will pivot back to that real quick uh, and uh, my humblest apologies for that <clears throat> you want to come back later I will have an episode where I'm talking about titling books and titling series but <clears throat> we'll get into that anyway so there are different structures and I'd be curious to see what other people do or how they they pick their names uh you know for fantasy there's always the temptation to just make up names or uh for science fiction more like star wars which is a blend of science fiction and fantasy i would say um you know they have uh there's no steve you know there's no steve skywalker but originally there was zeke skywalker and zeke is definitely uh a name or a nickname uh in the united states uh so there's that again you know obi-wan but then there's also ben so there's kind of an interesting mixture of, you know, standard, you know, earthling, you know, Western American type names, and then they combine those with, uh, with other things. So, and then, again, that's just depending upon your genre, I guess, you'll have to figure out what to do with that. But personally, I like names 
that makes sense. I, I also, oh, here's another thing I, I wrote down. You know, when you pick your names, do you want to have them all start with the letter J, for example? Or do you want to have them all start with different letters? Or do you want to have them all make sure that none of them, make sure you don't have a, uh, I was going to say Courtney and Whitney, but that, that kind of has a, a bit of a flow to it. You could have a Courtney and a Whitney, but you probably wouldn't want to have a Courtney and a Cordelia. Uh, in your book because then that's two people who have core as the first part of their name and I would think I would think the first part of somebody's name is more impactful has it weighs more in the memory than the last part of their name or the you know third syllable fourth syllable fifth syllable in their name just uh, especially the way we come up with nicknames lots of people will come you know a Brittany will become Brit Courtney will become core a David will become Dave uh, all sorts of things like that so Although I've never heard of Sean called the Shah, but I guess he's dropping one letter doesn't really make sense. But some people do that for their names, depending. So, you know, and then, you know, do you want to consider nicknames in how you're naming your characters? I don't know. Um, it depends. And I think that's, that's a big question, but uh, I more just kind of wanted to talk, talk about the mechanics of it. I've shared with you my methodology for how I'm picking names, at least for these fantasy stories. And then actually, I will tell you, uh, for my... Um, global superhero story that I have planned, which will be, you know, series upon series, I do plan on each title character having their name, of course. They have their superhero name, and they have their civilian alter ego, or however you call that. And uh, because I want them to be all around the world, I'm not going to have them be called, you know, Bob, um, you know, Bob Champagne or Bob Champagne, and, uh, you know, Steve, uh, I can't think of any other <laughs> Steve Akbar or whatever like I would have names rooted in their culture but I think a, a caution with that is you don't want to be silly and call somebody John you don't want to be like a Japanese writer from in Japan calling people you know you don't want to have Tom Dick and Harry and John Smith in your book that's that's a little too much um, but those are real names so it kind of depends I would say if you're gonna do something like that like a, a cliche cliche you know American or white American name uh, for example, you would want to have one of those in a book <laughs> and maybe they're a side character or something. Um, and you wouldn't want to have that be every single name, uh, just so that there's a better flow. But you know, for me, that's, you know, that's my preference. And I'm saying, I think that's going to serve your audience better because they don't have this clash of all these names sounding so similar where it becomes easy to confuse the characters for one another. And then it makes the story more difficult to follow because you got to think about this. You're writing to your audience. Even though I think you should write what you want to write, you should present what you want to write in the most palatable way, palatable way for your audience so that they can, they don't have to work as hard to track with it. You know, whether they're reading to it or listening to the audiobook or whatever, uh, they should be able to easily follow along. Because if you're not doing that, then I think you're doing a disservice to your audience and ultimately you're doing a disservice to yourself because you're making your books less accessible, less easy to read. And, uh, yeah, so and then definitely, uh, I don't like, um, certain constructions of sci-fi or, uh, fantasy names. They're too difficult to read a lot of the times. So you have to really guess or work hard at how you're supposed to pronounce these names. For example, when I, uh, started earnestly reading Star Wars books, I read the, in high school, I read the Zahn trilogy, Timothy Zahn trilogy, which is the heir to the empire uh, what is it? Dark Force Rising and Last Command, I think, are the titles of the books. And there's Grand Admiral Thrawn. Great villain name. Simple. One syllable. Sounds regal. Has a bit of gravitas to it. Thrawn. Like, mmm. It's got a good sound to it. And then his, I don't know, uh, Captain? I think it's Captain 
Pelleon, P-L-L-E-O-N. I had no idea how to pronounce that. I think I only learned how to pronounce it once uh, I heard that there was an audio book or I heard maybe people talking about it on a Star Wars podcast. But until then, I was just like, eh, yeah, I guess it's whatever. And I honestly just glossed over it in my mind, which there's an advantage to that, especially for, you know, if you're putting out something as a, a print novel or an ebook only, or whether it's print or e-format only, if somebody's just reading it off the screen, you know, that you can kind of fudge things a little bit and get weird with how you spell things. But at the same time, do you really want to do that? Again, my argument for accessibility and for ease of digestibility, you don't want to. Now, it's nice probably to spice things up a little bit, but again, it would depend on your genre, and I don't think your, uh, your literary fiction or your, your, um, your sweet romance needs to have crazy character names that stand out. But uh, you can have names that work with each other, and I think that's really cute. I definitely think it's something you should do for something like that. A, a drama or a fantasy with team members, do their names really need to go together and have a certain music or symmetry or uh, unity to them? I would say no, it's less less likely that they need that. And I would say it's a detriment to you a little bit if you have all their names sounding the same. Uh, like honestly, as much as I love The Hobbit, and I, I like The Hobbit more than I like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, I think it's a better overall single story. And, you know, because as you may or may not know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy was originally going to be a single manuscript of an an enormous, immense, massive book, and Tolkien was told that he could not publish it like that, so <laughs> he split it up into multiple pieces. Uh, and that's not apocryphal information. That's coming from Blackstone on the uh, audiobook version of it from the, uh, I don't know, the appendices, not the appendices, but there's, uh, there's information from the publisher about the books, and that's part of the history of the publication. Anyway. So there's that to consider, <clears throat> um, but but I'm getting to my larger point. Uh, while I can sort of appreciate the ease of remembering Feely, Keely, Hoin, and Gloin, Bifer, Boofer, Bomber, uh, it's also kind of like I don't know. It feels a little unsophisticated, and I don't need to be pretentious in everything I do, but. Uh, I don't know that names work like that in a culture. Uh, Star Wars has a little bit of a problem like that too, where a character will get an official name from a movie and then people will have names that sound like that with one letter changed or something like that. Like, you know, Han and Dan. Like, you know, oh, uh, this is Han Solo's cousin from Corellia. Ban Solo or Ran Solo or, like I said, Dan Solo, um, even though that's that's going from Han to hand, but still, or Ian Solo, you want to mix it up a little bit, Ian Solo, and it's like, you know, you, you don't have to do it like that. Uh, people can have names that don't sound immediately similar to the other names. I mean, there should be common things in a foreign language, but uh, I think not like that. <laughs> I think not like that. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up here. Let me know in the comment section, uh, however you want to comment. There's a variety of ways to do it. You can do it on the website. You can do it on the, uh, the app that you're listening to this through. And you should definitely have that option pretty soon. I'm going to make sure that's, I'm going to do my best to make sure that it's turned on as quickly as possible. And I'd love to hear uh, how you go about titling your characters and what you think of my approach to titling my characters, at least in these Growbug books. So anyway, until next time, uh, take care folks and be well. If you enjoyed me talking about the writing process, then hopefully you'll enjoy reading or listening to my writing instead. So go over to mjmanios.com or mjmanios.com books 
and check out what I have there. My plan is to keep that updated all the time with the latest and greatest of my writing, whether that be books, audiobooks, uh, you should be able to buy direct from me there. And uh, yes, so please go ahead over there to MJ Munoz or mjmunoz.com slash books and uh, check out all the good stuff I have to offer there.